John is the author of the highly acclaimed We Need to Have a Word, Words of Wisdom, Courage, and Patience. John is also the founder of Enclave, an international collaborative learning center for entrepreneurs, which opened its doors in 2017 in Elk Grove Village. John is a passionate business leader with the drive of an entrepreneur straight out of college. He never goes to work, he gets to work. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. So thank you so much for being here today, and welcome back, actually, I should say. Um, although we're going to talk about a lot of things today, I'd love to start off with how we met. Um, I saw an article about you starting Enclave, and I was so intrigued by the concept that I wrote you a letter. Yes, yes. And the rest, as they say, is history. Absolutely. So share with our audience a little bit about Enclave and why and it was so interesting. And this is our 10th or 20th year of knowing each other. Yeah. <laughs> does, does it feel like that? It feels I mean, like that. It feels like that. We've covered a lot of territory yes, in that have. period of time. Yes, we have. So tell me a little bit about um, you know, the inspiration behind it and, and what it is. Well, there, there has to be a, a moment in a, in a career where you're saying, what's not going right? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it comes early, sometimes it comes late. Uh, I think mine began when I was 16. It hasn't stopped yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I so do what, know that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, and uh, things, things can be better, always. And mm -hmm. you, you can just practice, practice, practice to make things better. And uh, when I uh, heard the economics uh, of Chicago and uh, learned the failure rate of our startups and uh, the business problems we have here and how few Fortune 500 companies um, choose to be here uh, tapping our workforce. The question was, what's not right? And so in, in October of uh, 2000, almost 20 years ago, there was a, a Business Week article that was talking about Chicago's blues. They mm. were talking about the economics blues. So I always had that in mind, like, what is it? And and so the, the notion of researching and just studying and observing and, and being a quiet observer or being a vocal observer, uh, as we are prone to be, <laughs> um, but uh, just finding out what it is that, that needs to be looked at differently, thought about differently, implemented differently. And so that has motivated me all these years to uh, just keep at it. Mm, I love that. Um, so when someone says, well, what does Enclave do? Like, what is their, what's their purpose? Ah, thank you. <laughs> it's per perfect. Uh, we bring behavioral science to the bottom line of an organization. If it's an organization that's a startup that's five months young or 50 years old uh, mm. or 500 years old in England. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the idea of focusing on the psychology of what it takes to run a business, to grow a business. And the, the uh, focus on psychology rarely happens until a company starts to crumble. Mm. So we've watched over the past several months uh, several Silicon Valley darlings 
uh, start to go down the drain and people would then start to talk about their judgment process, their decision making, their ethics, their values. Uh, they talk about all that. Prior to that, while things are going well for those companies, they talk about their sales, their profitability, mm. their return on uh, shareholder value, things of that nature. And we, we don't pay attention necessarily to the psychology of the founders, the people who are driving that entity. And uh, that's unfortunate. I think we have to start paying attention to the psychology early on, as quickly as we possibly can. Does this person have good judgment? Do they understand that decisions are made based on the quality of judgment? Things of that nature. Mm. And, and uh, so it's, uh, we're, what we do is the psychology of running a business, not the business, uh, as you know, the, not yeah. the business plan, right, but the right. competence plan, the development of the competence. And I think just the human, right? Totally. People uh, first, venture second, profit yeah, third. Right. And we have to focus on the person. And that's something that we don't do well here in Chicago. We talk about, uh, we talk about a lot of things here, but we don't talk about each other's um, uh, exceptional behavior. Or, or we, we just, we're just not as personal as we think we are. Do you think that's just a, a Chicago thing, or do you think it's, it's a national or even international thing? I, I believe it's a regional thing, because I've spent most of my time on the East Coast where we talked about each other a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you get together and say, did you hear what she did? Did you hear what he did? And, and uh, some of it was gossipy, but a lot of it was investigatory. And so uh, just, how did, how did they do that? Mm. And how did mm. they do that? Not how did the venture do it? Mm. How did she think that way? What was she thinking that got her to break open that new uh, channel for distribution for her, her company, something of that nature? So then what I'm really hearing you say is that those questions shouldn't come halfway into you know, the, 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 the journey. It should really start at the beginning. At the beginning. And, and right. you raise, if, if I may, yes, uh, you're raising yes. a very important point because we misunderstand when a company starts. So starting a business happens in the mind. It happens in the brain. It happens within the human being yes. who has an idea for a product or a service uh, that could become a business that will hire people, buy equipment, lease space, yeah. uh, fuel the economy, serve as an inspiration for other people. So the fact that a business starts in the brain, almost all of us have started a business. Yes. Now, opening a business is different. That's when you incorporate. That's when you have an office or you allocate a part of your sewing room or the garage or the man cave. And so starting a business is in the mind. So let's get to that mind earlier than later and do a competence assessment of that that mind's agility and that's a very important part of what we do now so if you have an idea for a business you've started the business so talk to me a little bit about um, the idea of all of these evaluations right there's the strengths finder there's yes. the disc there's the Myers-Briggs so talk to me a little bit about is does that really dig as deep as we need to go to truly understand if that person has the tools to be able to take this on. 
it it starts the ball rolling. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so okay. it takes it takes a lot of conversation, a lot of digging. It's peeling the onion. Mm -hmm. uh, so the uh, the joy of Strength Finder, which is now a part of the Gallup organization, it gives you a language within which to have conversation about the person's themes of strength. They give you 34 words that you can have discussion about as a coach, as an advisor, as a mentor, as a prospective investor. And so suddenly you have language that uh, discusses the themes of strength of the individual, mm. not the strengths of the venture. And, right, right. and so that's terrific. Uh, Gallup also has something called BP10, where they rank how you do on the top 10 strengths required for entrepreneurial ventures. And they show you that you're number one to number 10, these are how you rank. And so you look at the bottom and say, I need to work on these things. I'm not mm. good with numbers. I'm not good with follow through, uh, things of that nature. Right. Uh, mm. So no, that begs my question next, yeah. right? Because, uh, and that is so, I, I have this dream to have this business. And I hear about how amazing Enclave is to really assess my strengths and weaknesses. I don't even like to say that, but. No weaknesses, opportunities. Yeah, opportunities, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, and so say money isn't, that, that budgeting, that process is just not where my brain goes, yay. Yes. Uh, can that person still be successful? It's just helping them understand how to have someone help them? Like, does that make sense? Key, uh, okay. really makes sense, and a perfect, uh, perfect line of thinking there. Because the the person can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it requires no, no. Uh, I've never met anybody who knows everything. It doesn't, uh, other than you. <laughs> so, but, uh, but having a co-founder, having having uh, close uh, uh, people who are uh, trustworthy and people with whom you can have um, fair disagreement uh, is really important. And to sit around and and have the authenticity of saying. I'm not good with numbers. I need somebody who is. I'm not going to get that tax filing done on time. I need somebody who will. Uh, so that kind of uh, um, candor, that kind of uh, self-evaluation is really important. But I do want to get back to a, a, a related part of the assessments that we do. Uh, one of them has been developed by the, uh, my two co-founders, doctors David and David Morrison, a father and son team of psychiatrists out of Palatine, and uh, remarkable uh, people. I'm delighted to have them as partners. Uh, but they developed, and now it's in collaboration with the Kellogg School at Northwestern University, something called Agile for assessing judgment and insight for leadership. And so what they're doing online is they're able to see how you um, understand judgment processes because judgment and decision making are related, but they're not even brother and sister, they're cousins. You know, so if you don't understand judgment, your decisions are going to be suboptimal. They may not be bad, they may not be wrong, but they're not going to be as good as they could be if you understood judgment. Right. So the agile assessment tool is the core assessment tool of what we do at Enclave. Fascinating. So with that, so we do the assessments and then there's the evolution of business. Yes. So yes. I would love to walk through that. We've had this conversation offline. I'd love for you to kind of walk me through that. I, I know you touched a little bit on it uh, a few minutes ago, but starting a business. Where, right? does, where does a business start? Yes. Where does right. it start? 
in the mind. In the mind. <laughs> and, and it Ooh, I was paying attention. Well done. Well done. And, and it opens when, when you open the doors. And uh, it, whether it's the doors to your garage or the doors to an office or to a factory or uh, something of that nature. And then uh, uh, launching the business is when you get your first sale. When that cash comes in, you've launched your business. When, when somebody has validated the value of what you are building, then that's launching your business. And then growing your business takes all kinds of forms through wonderful uh, use of marketing techniques, social media, things of that nature. So you, you grow your business, me meaning not only are you developing new revenue, but you're hiring new people, training those people, training those people, training those people, mm -hmm. up training, making sure that people are lifelong learners who, who come into your, your sphere. And then uh, from there, you scale the business, you exit the business, and those are, are uh, uh, parts of the process that are so complex, uh, they're beyond what we focus on at Enclave. Mm -hmm. At Enclave, we're really hoping that, that you understand that the earlier stages, your start, uh, your opening, and your launching of the business, all three of those are so psychologically based. Mm. You really need to understand at least this, the basic psychology of what's happening within you and within the people, for example, who are buying your service. Value is ultimately determined by the buyer and not the seller. So what you and I value as we're out there selling what we sell uh, is terrific that we care about that. It's, right, it's however. Uh, that's not it. I mean, you know, ultimately, it's up to the person who's going to write the check, transfer the money, right. uh, or uh, whatever value exchange is going to happen. Right. So it's an axiom that value is determined by the buyer and not the seller. Yeah, and I think that's so important because just because we think it's great, you know, are we delivering what the potential buyer thinks that's is exactly great? Right. That's right? exactly right. And that's, yeah. Um, Nikki, you're raising, you're raising another opportunity here for <laughs> clarity on something, as okay. you always do so beautifully, um, is that unfortunately, entrepreneurs, as an example of, uh, of the psychology here, entrepreneurs have a, have a habit of conflating, uh, equalizing mm. their venture with themselves. They are not their venture, and they, they really aren't. So when the venture, uh, whatever, uh, I, I'm not going to mention names, but there's so many in the news media this, these days, internationally being followed. Sure. followed. So the venture is doing really well. The person says, wow, I am terrific. I am great. I, yeah. I can do no wrong. Look at my evaluation on the market, uh, things right. of that nature. That's just not correct. It's not correct. And, and that person needs a coach. Those people need to be coached. I don't think anybody running a high-performing, job-creating business should be without a coach. Every leader should have a coach. I think so, too. Right? We'll be right back. Thank you. Naperville Bank & Trust has the expertise, knowledge, and experience to help you reach your business goals. We would prefer to work with somebody like Naperville Bank & Trust. They're engaged in the community. They're able to help meet our financial needs. They understand us as a business. They provide all the tools that you would ask uh, that we as a growing business need of a bank. Most importantly to me, it's a, a great personal relationship we have with Tom and John and, and our bankers. It was the best thing we could have done in banking. And banking can be very cold. What the bank brings to us is, is that warm feeling when you come into the bank and people say, hi, Greg. It's about being part of the community again, about being a name again, about having credit for who your business is instead of just being, well, instead of just being a number. Naperville Bank and Trust, bring it home.
Have you been a guest in our studio or part of a news story? Have you seen a news story that inspired you or one that you just found interesting? Has your son or daughter been featured in a sports highlight? Or perhaps they interned with us. If you've been impacted or informed by NCTV 17, kindly consider a donation. By doing so, you'll be helping to document our community's history as it happens. I can't help but think about um, ego. Oh. <laughs> and so is your ego um, dictating what you sell, which then in turn would diminish the value of what your customer might want or receive? Is that deep? Uh, well, no, it's, uh, <laughs> keep, keep going. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, because if the ego is really affecting the I thing, yes. right, versus wait a minute, I need to listen to those people because this is not about me. This is about what I can do to serve you better. Is, is my opinion. Right, right. right. It's not, and, and, certainly and, not fact. And, and ego is not bad, as you know. Right, uh, you know, so, right. So the, the healthy ego is basically saying, uh, as I'm sitting selling what I sell, uh, that your enjoyment, your valuation of what I'm selling mm -hmm. means something to me. Your happiness, your fulfillment, right. uh, your relevance to your employer, to your community, your success means a lot to me. That's healthy ego. And that's part of what we, we uh, really want to introduce and explore. And uh, last month, we had a uh, master class where Dr. Morrison taught about narcissism. And, uh, you know, I, I, I began that as I was moderating that class. I stood on the stage and said something like, this is a meeting of uh, narcissist anonymous. <laughs> I said, how many of you are narcissists? And, uh, and, and then I quickly said, hi, I'm John Dallas. I am a narcissist. <laughs> Everybody said, hi, John. <laughs> so... But the, but the fact is, narcissism has its, has its role. It right. motivates at, at, a, right. at a healthy level for those who understand it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't understand the psychology of nar narcissism, uh, they, they're going to miss the boat. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. Um, so when, when you and I talked offline about the evolution of business, um, yes. there was a word that came up, stress. Stressed? No. Uh -huh. No, come on. <laughs> and you shared with me, and you can share it if you'd like, but I, I won't do that. But you shared with me just some life-changing moments yes. throughout yes. the course of your career. Um, and you reminded me through reading this that entrepreneurship is not, hey, I got a great idea mm. and I'm going to start a business and this is going to be awesome. Right. 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 It is these twists and turns and yes. ups and downs yes. and peaks and valleys and dark and light. So many different iterations. I mean, it's, it's so complex. Stress. Do we underestimate the stress of an entrepreneur? Do we ever? Do we ever? And I, I want to quickly say that we underestimate the the role of stress in our medical well-being. So stress creates internal inflammation that comprom compromises our immune system so that we're less likely to be able to fend off a cold, the, the, the flu virus or something, if we don't manage more carefully our stress. So I started my first venture when I was 24 in New York, and it was a, a technology um, model in 1974, uh, long before we had the internet. Visionary. And, uh, so we had uh, uh, the first uh, per, um, personal computers uh, w with which we. How big were they? Uh, uh, they were big. <laughs> they were big. And I have great photos at the office. I'll, I'll show you. To see those. But, but we were an electronic publishing company for Wall Street. But 
to uh, put ourselves on the map, we published the official records of the presidential debates in 1976, 1980, and 1984. So right from the beginning, um, I was living at age 24 and until I sold that company at 36 in a really high stress environment. Right. And it was tough, it was very tough because I didn't have what we have now, an ecosystem around the entrepreneur to support and guide and provide the kinds of support that we, we do at Enclave. And uh, so back then, I was not managing stress at all. And so the uh, a, a confluence of events occurred. At 29, I had a flatline cardiac arrest uh, that for three days they thought I was not going to make it. And uh, they misdiagnosed they mis uh, the cause of it. It was a viral infection. So the, uh, the squeezing of the heart and the killing of me and then the bringing me back with the the, the paddles and all those things. I, I came back and I said, wow, I, I, I'm back. That was a ride. <laughs> that, was a, that was a ride. Um, and, and then uh, several years later, uh, had a uh, uh, very stressful uh, uh, acquisition of my company and walked into a, a tailspin, a, 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 a firestorm uh, that, that caused me to absolutely Collapse. I mean, I burned out so quickly in this new environment where I simply couldn't navigate all the stressors that were happening. And so two different hospitals in Washington, D.C., George Washington and Alexandria Hospital, uh, had diagnosed incorrectly what was going on. I said, that can't be it. I'll quickly tell you that the third hospital said, Mr. Dallas, you don't know how to handle stress. <laughs> I said, what? What? I don't know how to handle stress. You've got to be kidding. I know how to handle stress. Right, right. <laughs> so then they put me through a 10-week program at Georgetown Medical Center mm -hmm. on uh, uh, biofeedback, and I learned about stress. And then here in Chicago at uh, age 53, I suffered a, uh, a almost, uh, it was on the 12th of October uh, mm -hmm. in 2003, uh, so I suffered a ruptured uh, brain aneurysm. And then three days later, a major stroke. I lost all mobility, all vision, all hearing. I was incapacitated by a major stroke and uh, worked very hard in my mind. I was very aware, although I couldn't speak, I was very aware, I need to manage this stress. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the light bulb went off. The light bulb off. Off, it went off. <laughs> but but this, this notion of stress for the entrepreneur is really important because we've had a lot of suicides, we have a lot of addiction issues going on, uh, relationships are collapsing, children of entrepreneurs are not necessarily seeing mommy or daddy as often as they need to see them, and when they see them, they're not necessarily experiencing them as calm, focused parents, uh, the, the stress of what they're experiencing, worrying about payroll, worrying about getting the rent paid on time, their tax obligations, their regulatory requirements, all those things that are happening that are creating the stress mm. really have an impact on the human being. And for physicians and for psychologists and for counselors and for bankers and attorneys to understand that when you're sitting across from a woman who is running a business or a man who's running a business, you're sitting across from somebody who's navigating a a lot of stress, mm -hmm. a lot of ambiguity, a lot of uncertainty, and to do whatever you can to respond to that kind of complexity, that psychological and emotional complexity that is being presented to you as an opportunity, mm. not as a burden. So when you're talking with someone who's generating revenue for your community, generating jobs for your community, whatever you can do to support the entrepreneur works. Here in Illinois, 75% of our new jobs are developed by employers with 
50 or fewer employees. Mm -hmm. That's a recent statistic out of Springfield. That's a fascinating number. So uh, supporting that entrepreneur is really important to our community. So let me ask you, if you would have had Enclave at 23? Oh, totally different life. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of it quite that way before. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, that. Yeah. That is, I mean, I'm curious about that because that's what you do is you get into the mind of these people and yes. understand where their strengths and opportunities lie. Right, right, right absolutely. And so they might, I, I can say even as a business owner, I've been to the hospital once at 38 years old thinking I was having a heart attack and they're like, oh, it's stress. It's stress. Like, oh my gosh. Right. And if it weren't for customers or employees, no stress, right? <laughs> well, that, well, that's right. And, 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 and think of this, that, 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 uh, on that exact point, the first two hospital visits, and both of those involved ambulances. Mm -hmm. They had to come and take me because I was collapsing and, and I couldn't walk. And, and so both times they, uh, they looked at somebody who did what I did, had the title that I had, and they said, uh, well, you know, he, he's strong. It can't be stress. Right, right, what? right. What? You, yeah. you gotta be kidding. And, right, right. and I'm happy to say that I, I think we've evolved. I think the, the, the medical people I know and, and uh, people at the major universities here in town, uh, uh, people have evolved to understand that stress is really something we have to uh, deal with. I spoke recently to a group of psychiatrists about uh, CEO burnout. Mm. And the question I said is, do you know where the CEO goes to cry? And that startled some of the psychiatrists. They, they just hadn't thought of it that way. Right. And a cu couple of them said, yes, my office. And I said, not every day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> not, right. not seven days a week. But right. the, the, the CEO is perceived as, as so strong, but they are vulnerable. They are so vulnerable as they worry about, as I said earlier, payroll and things of that nature. Well, and that's spot on because I've always said in my role, I mean, uh, CEO, right? It's it's lonely. Yes. And yes. and you're, you're exactly right. People think you don't have feelings. People think that you, which is sad, but there's just this perception, and I think you nailed it, is just we're strong. Right. And right. so we don't we don't need to have those nice conversations. There's just this perception that is really false that you end up then start to feel that way, right? That I am this, you know, impervious person, and it's so not true. It's so not true. Right? <laughs> so right? not true. So the, the company I ran in New York uh, for all those years, uh, we had 27 of the top 50 companies in the world as clients. So we had Exxon, IBM, General Motors, uh, AT&T, all, all those companies. And it was our role our, uh, to travel with the CEO as they flew around the world, speaking to financial audiences, mm. and then to interpret what they were saying and transmit it through our technology. And uh, so in their private planes, no matter how large or small, I saw the vulnerability, and, and so I learned about it, and, and uh, usually scotch was involved. And <laughs> I would surmise that, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah there's yeah. definitely some single malt uh, activity there, and uh, at Enclave, by the way, at, at, uh, in Elk Grove Village, where we're based next to O'Hare Airport, we do have a full bar. <laughs> And we've turned I've seen the, it. You've seen it. Seen we it, we yes. have the, turned the bank vault into a wine vault <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, to manage stress, of course. Yes, not, not of course. To, of course. Of course. But, but these uh, these human things, Nikki, that are are so much a part of your being and what you brought to the Chamber of Commerce of Naperville, the way you wove the human need, the human condition, into what you did as CEO of the Chamber. Uh, it is so vital for the entire community to watch these broadcast time and time and time again to go back to your very first broadcast as I've done mm -hmm. and watch Nikki grow as a human <laughs> being and watch the oh, number gosh. of people that you've influenced the people mm -hmm. that you have said pay attention to your own 
feelings. Pay attention to your own response. So don't talk about your company. Don't talk about your organization. Talk about you. You did that time and time again. And so you have created a, 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 an ecosystem here in Naperville that really, really supports the person. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wow. Okay, <laughs> you threw me off. Um, so as we wind down here, um, no, no, we can't. I know, I no. know. Where does time go? Absolutely. Uh, I'd love for you to cover the science of entrepreneurship. Why now it matters more than it ever has. Well, the big companies aren't hiring. Uh, the big companies are looking at robotics. They're looking at all at uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, and, and when I say the big companies are doing it, they can afford to do it right. deeply. And, and so some of the things that are happening in our larger companies with robotics that will uh, um, reorient the workforce. I don't want to say replace the workforce, but reorient it. Uh, so if we do not focus on the science of the entrepreneur mind, so what is going on in the entrepreneur mind, we are cutting off our socioeconomic lifeblood. Mm -hmm. and, and we have to know it's not a shark tank exercise. We're, you know, we're not gamifying right. this notion of, of uh, entrepreneurship. We're saying what's going on in that woman, in that man's mind and how can we transform what's going on into an economic engine that will fuel our neighborhoods and our nations. And they're doing it around the world. When I was in Scotland and England a few months ago, and uh, uh, just even this morning communicating with Scotland, uh, the, the number of things that are happening overseas that really prioritize the individual entrepreneur, the person who is trying in any way to generate jobs, generate value for their communities. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This is fascinating. I and if people want to learn more, they can go to Enclave, right? Uh, yes, and, yeah, and absolutely. figure it all out. Uh, um, EnclaveforEntrepreneurs.com, and uh, love to have you, and uh, great to do it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for your friendship, your insight, and, um, and, and this book, which we will um, oh, send people to, too. Yes, but anyway, absolutely. It'll, be, it'll be on there. Thank you Wonderful. so much. Thank you for joining us for Inside the Chamber. We hope you found the information in today's program valuable. Please join us again for our monthly programs. And in the meantime, remember, when you're looking for a service or somewhere to shop or dine, think Chamber and visit Naperville.net to support the Chamber of Commerce and our business community. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust.